It is now put up or shut up for the Florida Panthers. On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, Alex Baumgartner of Five Reasons Sports in the Box show with Alex comes on to the show to discuss the Florida Panthers' must-win game in D.C. and all that, the, the lineup changes, some maintenance days for a specific uh, player, all this and more on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Monday, May 9th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. who will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, Cats fans, like I said at the top, put up or shut up. Panthers dropped game three, as, as we know, losing by final score of 6-1 to one on Saturday afternoon. And the Panthers were back at practice. They were practice at Capital One Arena at 12.30. There's a few uh, line shakeups uh, for the Florida Panthers. Um, well, the, the lines more, the lack thereof uh, line shakeups, excuse me, that despite the Florida Panthers coming out flat in game three, some of the lines stayed a little bit of the same from going back to game two, going into game three. Not a good showing for the Florida Panthers in in their game three matchup against Washington. Now they faced a must win game four to take to possibly take back home ice and possibly tie the series back at two apiece. And in this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, as I said on the top, I'm bringing in Alex Baumgartner of the Fifth Line Five R Show here joining me. Alex, how are you doing today, buddy? I mean, I could be better. I could have a 2-1 lead going into game four, but Panthers are on the back. And other than that, once again, pleasure to be on the show. Absolutely. And uh, multiple-time guests on the show uh, coming on for lost count <laughs> how many times you've been on now. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, let's let's discuss uh, where the Florida Panthers stand uh, after after game uh, game three. Obviously, they're not in the they're they're in a position that they don't want to be already losing home ice advantage after losing game one. Find a way to tie the series game two. I was very confident in the Florida Panthers coming into game two that they were going to find a way to win and not get swept at home in the first two games. Now, after losing game three, I'm still very confident that the Florida Panthers still can find a way to win on Monday, but. I'm a little bit more nervous this time around as, you know, 
you're going into a hostile environment like Washington. And of course, I know Washington is not as good at home as they are on the road. But I feel a little bit more of a cautious optimism this time around versus going into game two. How are you feeling? I think going into game two, I knew the Panthers would come out and outscore the Capitals. I didn't see them getting basically embarrassed like they did in game three, though. Um, going into game four, I'm kind of like you. I'm a little bit more, you know, in the open. Like, are they going to do what they did in game two? Or is it going to look more like a game one performance? I don't think it's going to look like game three. I don't think they're going to get blown out like that. But my concerns going into this game is, will they be able to make adjustments? Will they be able like, what? I know we're going to talk about this later in the show, but what's been working for them in the regular season is not going to work in the playoffs. It's clearly not worked. And even in game two, they scored a lot of goals, but that was kind of like putting pucks on net, getting to the net, just put like generating opportunities. Whereas in game three, besides that one Hoover goal, they weren't really doing it. I think Sam Bennett had a couple chances where he would try and just shoot the puck entering the zone. But other than that, there's too many guys trying to make too many moves. And the Capitals' defense is gapping up the second the Panthers enter the zone. If they can even get in the zone, they're gapping up. They're gapping up the neutral zone. They're basically doing a half-court press in hockey, whereas the Panthers are backing and letting Washington walk all over them. There's more than just the offensive problems. There's the defensive problems. Um, Yeah, Bob gave up quite a few goals last game, but that was not his fault at all. When your team's just lacking offense like that and you're getting lit up, and peppered with shots everywhere and you're getting multiple penalty killing opportunities and your team, your team's not darting Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. Like I would expect you to give up four or five goals in a game. Yeah. And you said it best with uh, clogging up the neutral zone. The moment that the, they're attempting to have any zone entries, the, the Washington capitals are just coming together and then an active stick, uh, just a little check. And then the puck goes loose outside of the zone have to reset, and by the time they get reset, it's, sometimes it happens with a breakaway um, going the other way, and that's been a consistent theme for the Washington Capitals going the other way. I, I mean, uh, Armando, eliminated... go just another thing. Have you? I just want. I want to ask you because you're always asking me when I'm on the show. I want to ask you this time. Have you noticed when Washington turned in transition, there's always an odd man rush. There's no back checkers coming, but when Florida turned in transition. I've seen two on threes. I've seen them have the center back the second they turn in transition. It's almost like they're playing a center D formation where they had three guys skating backwards. I was shocked seeing that in game three. Yeah, and and it's funny because the Washington Capitals are having, you know, on paper they don't look like the fastest team, but skate, but they, they are sneaky fast um, going, going the other way. And, I mean, Alex Ovechkin, he's big. And Tom Wilson is, even though he hasn't played much in this series, he's a big dude, but they have long strides going the other way. So they, those, those guys of the Washington Capitals are sneaky fast when it comes to getting back and getting uh, and eliminating some of those rush chances for the Panthers. So that's kind of how I see it as far as like long strides as well, um, because that, that can sometimes create some sneaky speed going the other way. And that, that's kind of what's, what's helped the Washington Capitals eliminate Florida's chances as well. I mean, what, what I'm hoping is that Florida, if, if their zone entries are not working, I'm hoping that they're going more for the uh, dump and chase game because they're fast enough to get to the boards. And this is let, let's discuss what they did in practice today. A lot of two, two V2s on the board, a lot of 1v1s as well. 
So picking up the little intensity a little bit at practice and kind of uh, kind of trying to attempt winning some board battles as well. And that's been an issue. Some of these one on one things and some of the um, Andrew Burnett talk about um, out out playing and out efforting uh, the opposition. So that's kind of been a, that's kind of what I believe Florida needs to get back to is just like trying to win the board battles, trying to get um trying to box someone out as well to get it out and then just work it around to get something in front. I mean, they're getting tossed around in the corners. We could talk about Mackenzie Weger for maybe an hour on this show, but the biggest thing I saw for him last game is he got tossed in the corner. The second he made an extra move with the puck, I said, this isn't going to turn out well. I could see it coming because even though there was no one really around him, he made a little bit of an extra move instead of getting the puck out. And then all of a sudden, I don't know who the forward was, but someone just out-muscled him, took the puck away, put it in the corner, and then Uyghur screened the goalie, and then Bob got absolutely nipped. That was a 3-1 goal. You can't get out-muscled in the playoffs like this. Like, you got to be aggressive. And you talked about Washington have sneaky speed. I don't even know if it's sneaky speed. I just think they're working harder. It's the NHL. Yeah, the Panthers are a faster team on paper, but every guy's fast here. Everyone can skate. Everyone can move, right? If you're moving your feet nonstop, these guys are in great condition. And if you're if you're the defense and you're the forwards and you're not moving your feet, they're going to come at you like a freight train. And that's exactly what's happened in game three. Florida was getting outworked, out-hustled, out-muscled, and it's going to show up on the scoreline. You can't play your game, which is speed, when you're letting the other team walk all over you. That kind of reminded me of... Uh... Game four last year versus Tampa Bay. Um, I, if my memory serves correct, I think that was like a six uh, three final score in favor of Tampa. A lot of the a lot of the goals that Tampa Bay scored in that one in in last year was was because of out muscling um, the Panthers, getting in front of the net, tipping in pucks, going into the into the net as well. So it was just really a matter of of out muscling out muscling the Panthers, and that's what really Washington has been able to do. So well. Go ahead. Armando, name the three forwards who've been the most visible guys on the Panthers through three games. And I, I, I think I know two of the three you're going to say right now. Um, Mason Marchment, I would say one of, one of them. Yep. Um, Huberto. Yep. And Drew. Drew. So I thought you were going to say Huberto, Marchment, Bennett. Drew's another good one. But who uh, Marchman and Bennett are the two most physical forwards that have played in, in games one through three. That's why they're that's why they're visible. But you know, there's a name that we didn't mention who's pretty big and pretty good at hockey, right? Is, and the is, same thing happens. Does his name rhyme with? Does his name rhyme with Alexander Arkoff? Well, it's possible. And the same thing I said last series. You gotta you gotta play tougher because you're the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, of course Barkov. Barkov did score in game two, but it, it's just been when you're the captain of a team and you're trying to win a championship. Sometimes I know, and I know Barkov is a quiet leader. Uh, we we know that, but sometimes, sometimes you just got to step in and just have talk to the team in the locker room and say, "Hey, we're better than this. Follow my lead." And 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 of course, Barkov has also got to take that lead as well and just take over the game and just especially shooting on the power play as well uh which right now this team is 0 for 9 right now well and the, thing, the thing with the uh the thing that i've seen a lot is people are like 
we're not in the locker room, right? Like, even as the media, we're not in the locker room. We don't know what's going on in the locker room. Correct. So I'm not going to question someone's leadership skills. What I will question is when you have a superstar player that's not visible in playoff game, in, 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 a, in a playoff game or playoff series, it's going to beg the question, like, what's going on? Yeah, the Panthers got blown out last game, but Huberto's still been pretty visible the entire series. And he was very visible in the Tampa series as well. I'm I need to see more from Barkov because when he's on his game, everything Washington's doing, they won't be able to run him off the puck. Whereas you see Alex Ovechkin's a very similar size player to Barkov. And when Ovechkin's high motor, he's hitting people, he's making moves, he's getting shots to the net. If Barkov can do something similar to that, it's going to change the game plan for the Panthers. So I need him to play like he can play in game four. Yep, absolutely. And we'll definitely see what type of player that we, of course, we know what Alexander Barkov has done in the regular season. And of course, we're hoping to carry that into game four. And hopefully the Florida Panthers are hopefully on their way to tying this series. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk about line line pairings going into uh, game four. Do we agree with them or do we disagree with them? So we're going to discuss about all of that next. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, And Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports info. Find all those latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this week's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Second segment here on this live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Alex Baumgartner of the Fifth Line 5R show here joining me on this live show. So, Alex, the Florida Panthers, they returned to practice uh, on Sunday, 1230 uh, p.m. uh, practice at Capitol Run Arena. Sergey Bobrovsky did have a maintenance day uh, today. uh, Rightfully deserved. Rightfully deserved after how the Panthers have held him out to dry uh, throughout this the first three games, uh, with the exception of uh, game two. And uh, some of the line, some of the lines from the Panthers that they put out. Barkov and Huberto are still together on that top line along with Duclair. Claude Drew is still on that third line with uh, Lundell and Marchment. And Rhino is back with uh, Sam Bennett and Carter Hagee. Carter Hagee's shifted down one. And the fourth line stayed the same from the, the last game. Noel Achari, Etzulus-Turin, and, and Patrick Hornquist. Uh, the question is, um, actually, we could discuss both the forward and defensive pairings. Uh, Uyghur Ekblad is still together. Uh, Forslund Gudis and then Sherat Montour. We were discussing this yep. pre-recording, but we were talking about how Drew on that third line and that Lundell, that Lundell Marchment Rhino line has been separated. That's something that has been working for most of the season. I know playoffs and and regular season are two completely different things, but I feel like in a way they're kind of going away from who they are as a as a team as far as the forward pairs. And Hubi and Barkov, I know, I know maybe they're in a maybe a little bit of a desperate situation with, of course, having to win a game four on the road. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm very unsure about the lines that um, Andrew Burnett has out there right, right now. With, but I also wonder, 
is this a smokescreen uh, for for Peter um, for Peter Laviolette's staff on the other side? Look, if we have to start talking about smoke screens when you're the team down in the series, we got a problem. Um, first, the defensive pairings. I 100%. If I was a gambling man, I would put my entire bank account to say that those would have been the lines. I had no question that they were going to keep Weger on that top pairing. As if I would have done it or not, I'm not going to say because. I would have not played Uyghur after that uh, turnover last game. I would have sat on the bench for a while, and he was out a couple of shifts later. I, I was shocked at that. So seeing that, I am not surprised he's on the first pair. You know, I mean, what do you got to lose at this point? Maybe try Sherrod or Forsling up there. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of shifts, right? I, I would love to see Forsling with Ekblad. I know they're two very similar players, but what Uyghur's supposed to be doing hasn't been showing up too much this series at all. So – you know, I would cut his minutes and play Sherrod a little bit more. You gave up a first round pick for him. And he's been a he's a shutdown kind of guy. I wouldn't mind seeing him with Ekblad. I think that could compliment pretty well. In terms of the forwards line, I hate every single line out there. I don't like those combinations at all. I don't like the first line combination. I don't like the second line combination. I do not like that third line combination. And I think Ryan Lombard should be in that lineup for the fourth line. I think there's no reason why Lombard should not be in that lineup. You're getting out muscled and you don't want to play the I'm just going to hit, hit them out of the game because that's what Washington's going to do. You're not going to be able to win the game like that. Um, there was a stat where I think Aaron Brown tweeted when the Panthers were like leading hits or something, they were two for seven in games. So they were like, they had a worse record when they're playing that type of game. I'll find the stat later. But like Duke hasn't been doing anything all series. Um, I don't think he should be on the first line. I think Rhino should be on the third line. I think Giroux should be back on the first line. Um, if you want to keep Duke on the first line, I'd probably put Verhage up there and put Huberto down on the second line or do something like that. It's just, I don't like these lines. It didn't work last game. I see no reason why it should be the game four line. I mean, the best line they had all season was Lundell, Marchment, Reinhardt. That line had two guys score goals before game three. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't keep that together. So if it's not a smoke screen, I have a lot of questions in terms of adjustments made ahead for game four. Because in terms of who's on the ice, these practice lines show no adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with those adjustments or lack thereof adjustments, what I'm about to bring up is something that I spoke about way before the postseason even started. Panther fans were all over that it's time to remove the interim tag from Andrew Burnett. And I was saying at the time, patience, that let the season play out, let them decide for what it's worth. And this this isn't endorsing taking the tag off, but this isn't also saying to completely fire him. But what I'm about to say is, that this is why they haven't removed it yet because this is still that reevaluation period for Andrew Burnett to see what he can do in the playoffs. So far, you, you and I are just two 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 Panther fans who cover who cover this team, and we have our uh, of course we have our own opinions of it. But of course, it's all ultimately up to Bill Zito and Vin, Vinny Viola. But it's not looking good right now for for the adjustments. But if they win Game Four. 
then we look like idiots, of course. And I and I want to look like an idiot. I I I, I, I want to be old takes exposed when it comes to the the Panthers uh, and and their lines of what they put out there. But we also got to remind ourselves that this is why the in all of this why they haven't re- removed that interim tag yet from Andrew Burnett because this is the the cloud is still over this franchise of not winning a playoff series since 96 and they're still trying to get over that hump. I firmly believe that if they get out of the first round that interim tag will be removed. I I firmly believe that. But as of right now, they're trailing 2-1 in this in the series. Right now, it's one game at a time just looking looking and with the blind blinders on looking ahead to game four winning game four trying to find a way sam reinhardt when he spoke to the media today spoke about the mindset and the perspective when when on monday you have home ice back and everything is all good after that so just a really tough spot for the panthers to be in right now look it's a 2-1 series still and it's not like the Panthers were losing games where it was close. They were getting blown out. They weren't scoring goals like they used to. There's There was clearly problems. And game four is when you're going to have to see if those adjustments are made. If they come out flat game four, that they're are they going to be able to win game five, game six, and game seven? I don't think they would. If they win game four in a convincing fashion, even if they pull out a game four in an overtime or a one-goal game, it doesn't matter as long as you pull out the game four, right? And then you're back at home. I don't care if they win by six goals. I don't I don't care if they play terrible and they somehow do another third period comeback and they win the game. If they can win the game, it's a it's a new series, right? Obviously, you don't want the team to come out and play terrible, but you want them to win the game more than anything. I'd rather them play not amazing hockey, but pull out the game than play great hockey and, and turn into a hot and run into a hot Samsonov and lose one zero, right? Or lose three, four, whatever it is. You win the game, and then we come back here and we talk about the the pros and the cons of game four heading into game five. In terms of the interim tag, I couldn't care less about the interim tag. He's the guy behind the bench right now. I think the interim tag is a stupid thing because I'm going season by season. He's the head coach right now. He's the guy making the calls. I forget he's the interim coach just because I think an interim tag is kind of dumb. It's almost like he's just a free agent next year, right? And there's no And there's no RFA rights. I don't care about the interim tag. I want to see what he can do. Yeah, we can say it's a trial or whatever. No, like you're the head coach. Go out and win a game. Win out, win out a series. Then we can talk about that in the offseason. Interim and contracts and this and that and extensions. That's an offseason thing. We'll talk about that July 1st, right? Right now, you're down 2-1 in a series. You're the President's Trophy winning team. You're playing the eighth seed. You're down. You've lost home ice. You got to win game four. You got to make those adjustments that you were talking about in the press conferences. You got to show it out on the ice. And until that happens, I don't want to hear anything else. I just want to see their game plan change, and I want to see it be executed correctly on game four. Mm-hmm. And uh, in between game adjustments and even mid-period adjustments are very well, different. You need, the, when... you need the shift-by-shift adjustments at this point. If they're clogging the neutral zone, these guys, the coach, the coach should tell the guys to dump the puck. The players who've been playing hockey their whole lives should know. Let's dump the puck because I can't walk through them the entire time. It's happened three, two, two and a half games, right? They've been clogging the neutral zone. If you clog the neutral zone, you got to find an alternative option. Get the puck on net. That's how you generate the offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, we're seeing more uh, pucks around the net. Hopefully, we're seeing uh, them 
get get more uh, better zone entries and with that box that the Capitals have been uh, having and and closing in, uh, they've been definitely doing a great job uh, clearing pucks and not creating those second uh, chance opportunities for the Panthers. But we're going to talk more about the power play. We're going to talk more about discipline for the Washington Capitals heading into uh, game four and a injury status for Washington on the other side. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some, some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpack. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars? They're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious foods for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Pubs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Puffs yet? We're going crazy about the Puffs. They're, they come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie, even churro. And who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. And if that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try a mix box. A mix box comes with 12 flavors of bars and Puffs. Go to Boat.com and use promo code LOCK15 for your order. To get 15% off your order, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com third and final segment of this live edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast on this sunday night slash if you're listening on the audio this will be the monday episode of the lockdown florida panthers podcast previewing game four for the florida panthers versus the washington capitals so a few no- news and notes for the washington capitals is evgeny kutznot <coughs> Evgeny Kuznetsov has been uh, fined uh, the maximum allowable uh, amount of money for high-sticking Nolachari in Game 3. But we didn't get anything of Alex Ovechkin cross-checking Patrick Hornquist. Not one, not two, but three times uh, near near center ice on uh, on uh, for, for Game 3. So I'm still a little annoyed about that. And um, the Washington Capitals also had an optional skate today. No sign of Tom Wilson uh, for the Washington Capitals. So... We still don't know whether he's going to play or not, but day to day, the status is day to day. They have a few full days of uh, practice. It's a primetime game, so they're not squeezing in, trying to squeeze in that matinee uh, like on like on Saturday. So it was always doubtful that Wilson was going to play on Saturday. But now the Florida Panthers, of course. I, I I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Wilson suits up on on uh, Monday night against the Florida Panthers, but let's talk about the power play, Alex. Um, they went back to that five uh, forward unit on on Saturday, and no, there is an adjustment. That that there's one, there's one. Hey, let, let's see if there's more uh, of it. Mackenzie Weger was taken off that second unit. Ekblad was shifted down uh, of one, but. Uh, I, I was I was talking about this on yesterday's show with uh, Francisco Porta of uh, Litterbox Cat slash Florida Panthers history, excuse me, Florida Panthers historian. How my concern is that possibly a um, an odd man rush going the other way or a turnover uh, going the other way. But Ekblad he played twenty four minutes yesterday, so I we were talking about yesterday whether is game speed the issue for Aaron Ekblad after not playing six weeks, or if it's a uh, part of an injury. That's I mean, he looked fine. Mm-hmm. Go I, ahead. The, the only reason why I see them taking Ekblad off that power play 
is you're like you're 0 for 9 in this series. You're 0 for 8 at that point, whatever it was. You need a scapegoat. I'm not calling Ekblad the scapegoat. You, you need you need to switch something up, right? Like, all right, mm-hmm. well, let's take him off. Let's go back to the 5 forward. I thought putting Duclair back is a good way to not only get him going. When the Panthers had that five-game streak where they scored, was it one or two play, uh, power play goals in a game for five straight games, whatever it was, um, Duclair was scoring a lot of them. And that one-timer on that right-hand side for Duke was extremely lethal because he was one of the only guys on that line that was actually doing a shooter-first mentality, which is what you need because everyone else, are those skill players are just passing the puck and forcing the puck and feeding the puck and this and that. Yeah, I, I like putting Duke there, but I still would have kept Ekblad back on the point. You know, I would have put Giroud down at the second line or something like that because I – the thing is, it doesn't matter who's on the power play. It's not working. The second unit gets better looks on the first unit because the second unit is has about 30 seconds or rushing it more. And when you see a little bit more sense of urgency, they're putting the puck towards the net more. And if you watch that Colorado-Nashville game yesterday, the reason why both teams are scoring so many power play goals is one quick pass down low, hit the slot, puck on net. Oh, they're giving me a gap on the point? Let me shoot the puck. They're giving me a gap on the side. Let me put the puck towards the front of the net. Let me crash the net. The Panthers don't do that. And then when they try and force the puck towards the net, they're doing it at the worst times. They're like, okay, we can shoot it now because the first minute nothing's happened. And they're shooting into a body, and that's where you get the odd man rush. I don't care if there's four defensemen back there. If you're shooting it into the guy coming at you, he's going to get a breakaway anyways. So they're they're mm-hmm. picking their opportunity. They're, they're not shooting the puck when they should. And then they're panicking, and then they're starting to shoot the puck into bodies. And that's when you really screw yourself, because then you're turning the puck over at the line, and you saw the mackenzie Weger penalty, which wasn't a penalty, but it was a bad play. Mm-hmm. These bad plays where you're rushing your judgment is what leads to opportunities the other way. That's what's wrong with the Panthers right now. They're not thinking enough. They're not playing their hockey. And that's why it's not working for them. That's mm-hmm. what's wrong with the power play. And that's what's wrong with the team through three games in this playoff series. And also, uh, when it comes to feeding the low slot where the where Sam Reinhart is positioned, they're not they're they're the, you see capitals all over him too. You 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 see that they're not giving him any opportunity for for that. And Sam Reinhart has made his money this year with getting right in front of the net and having a deflection going to the going to the net. I mean, Patrick Hornquist was last year's version of that. And and of course he's he's on of course he's on the second unit and of course uh, creating that those opportunities uh, uh, all all season but uh, but Sam Reinhart they're they're doing a great job the the Washington Capitals are also not allowing anything to get to Sam Reinhart so that's forcing the Panthers to do more outside shots outside the slot and of course those are lower percentage shots for the Panthers. But Armando, well. you know what the you know what the beautiful thing about a power play is. You're having you have one extra person. They got four. So if they send a guy to Sam Reiner who's behind the goal line, it's a four on three now. There's more. They draw ice. someone. They draw someone going over there. And that's when. And if someone's going there, when if you're running an umbrella type of power play formation, or a certain variation of an umbrella where you got guys sitting below and you're interchanging. You work on this. You have the pucks on the left side. You have the guy slotting in towards the front of the net. Then you can cycle the puck back. You interchange. You draw the guy. You draw the center to the slot. 
this you draw the center to the slot, you move the wingers in, you got the one guy on the point, you're overloading. It's an umbrella into an overload, and it works, but they don't do it. And I saw Nashville do it yesterday, and I saw Colorado do it yesterday, and I've seen junior teams do it. The overload works because the Tampa Bay Lightning made their bread and butter against the Panthers last season, sliding Braden Point in there and hiding Kucherov on the right-hand side. And that's how you get pucks to the net because you can't guard every single area on the ice when you're on, when you're on the, the penalty kill. Let me, let me be the power play coach, <laughs> honestly, because mm-hmm. that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Andrew Burnett was the person running the power play before he got the interim tag, um, w- before he was promoted to uh, head coach uh, for the Panthers. And of course, uh, I believe he's wearing uh, multiple hats at the moment. But still, when when someone is behind the net and moving a little bit to either side, the defenses, coaches talk about this all the time on in basketball. They talk about this in lacrosse. They even talk about this in hockey as well. They talk about this term called head on a swivel. Usually it's mm-hmm. about two seconds on your man, one second on the puck, two seconds back on your man, one second back on the puck. So you're never losing your man and you're never losing the puck. However, if someone is behind the net going in a certain direction, there's a possibility that especially with a man with being down a man for Washington, you could force them to draw a certain way and then play can drive going the other way and you have an open net, something right on the doorstep. So you don't you know why Colorado's so good on their power play? It's because mm-hmm. they have guys like the Panthers do in a Kale McCarr, like a Nathan McKinnon. They got skill, they got speed, and their heads are on a swivel and they're looking for those open gaps and they're finding the man. When you're the puck carrier, you should be looking everywhere. You should know where your guys are. If there's three guys here, there's someone that's open. When they do that, stuff's gonna open up. And the Panthers have done that throughout this season on the power play. And that's when their best goals come. It's when they're pushing, they're pressing, and they're not making stupid plays, and they're trying to hit the open guy and quickly getting the puck towards the net. Head on a swivel, just like you said. Yep. And this this uh, unit was a ended up this season as a top five unit in the NHL. So, except they don't have uh, games to figure it out now. We we, we are we, we are right here, game four, and it's a must win for this team. There there's no. There's no other way to put it. This is a must win. Have to go back to FLA Live Arena tied at two to to try to take home ice. And then you take you try to take care of business game five. But of course, game four is right ahead of the Panthers. They they have to, as Andrew Burnett says, play angry a little bit. I don't know if that's necessarily the solution to playing angry because then it could be maybe force some like you talk about that hits that. When they when they lead in hits, they're they're usually they're usually not winning. But I could maybe kind of see why they're not winning because they're exerting more of their energy in that, and and a lot of that energy is taken away. So if they play angry on Tuesday, if that's the real term that they go for, I'd be very concerned with how their energy is conserved towards the end of the game. Look, playoff hockey is physical no matter what. If you're Correct. not hitting, you're gonna get run out of the building. The thing is, the Panthers, you'll see them start hitting when they're down in the game. And that's when you don't want to start. I don't even think it's an overexertion of energy. I think it's more of a, 
Now I'm just trying to make the hit to make a hit, and hopefully I can hit this guy hard enough to spark an impact, and maybe someone gets going. But now I'm out of position. Now I might be taking a stupid penalty. They like that. They want me to do that. They want me to take myself out of position. If I start from the jump in the corners, in the corners when I hit the guy, they're going to be scared. I saw a couple plays where Huberto were getting hit earlier, and then he kind of edged out. And he didn't take the he didn't take the lane. He curled to the back and tried to hit the guy from the back. I saw that, and it's because Huberto got hit a couple of shifts earlier. That's you got you got to leave the groundwork instantly in the corners. The corners is the trenches. It's like football. The trenches is where you win the game. You win the mm-hmm. puck battles. You let you win the one on one battles. You show you're aggressive, and you show you they're not going to hit you out of the building. It's going to be a pretty even game physically. Absolutely, and uh, those are something that those are conversations that. Andrew Burnett and company are hopefully having with the with their team. And uh, like I said, um, well, I haven't said this part. Brandon Montour talked about it after the game that the team is just trying to stay calm. They have one game to uh, at, at this moment to try to make this an even series and to not not have this series out of hand uh, before they return back home uh, to Sunrise, Florida. Uh, game four will be a 7 p.m. Uh, puck drop for Florida Panthers versus the Washington Capitals, 7 p.m. on TBS. Uh, it'll be a TBS nationally televised game uh, for the Panthers. So uh, must win for the Panthers. Once again, can't say that enough. But Alex, as always, I want to join you for I, I want to thank you for joining uh, the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. As, uh, as always, um, you've been doing your fair share of work on your show covering the Panthers all throughout this postseason. So. Um, plug your stuff. Tell everybody what you you're up to. All right, a bombarder ninety one on Twitter. We'll have another player to watch for the Panthers tomorrow. Except tomorrow, sneak peek. My player to watch isn't a player, so that's what you're gonna see on Five Reason. My one minute preview. You can probably guess who my Panther to watch is. Cause it's not a player. Um, we're gonna do the in the box show, pregame, probably post game too, and um, you know press conference stuff here and there. Maybe an article. You never know. But uh. Yep, just like Armando, we're very busy here in Pantherland. Absolutely, and hopefully once we come Monday night, uh, come Monday night that we're talking about a 2-2 tie heading into Game 5 and forcing a Game 6 in, in at Capital One Arena. So, Alex, I want to thank you once again for joining the show and hope to have you back on soon. Yep, for sure. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Stu Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow Locked On Fantasy Hockey on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Alex Baumgartner. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>